Go ahead and uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 3 this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, see what other kind of wisdom we can get from the Lord here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 says this, Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to think of ways that evil behavior uh, can negatively affect a person's physical health, does it? Uh, causing fights, being on the wrong side of the law, right? Substance abuse, etc., etc., etc. All these things have taken a whole toll on human bodies over the years, haven't they? For sure. I wish I could show you. I couldn't find it. I found this years ago. It was a picture, actually a series of pictures, of a woman and her mugshots over the course of a number of years uh, who was arrested for prostitution and, and uh, drug use. And uh, if you could have seen just the progression over the years, it was absolutely astounding, going from a, a healthy, vibrant, attractive young lady to really a walking corpse. It was just, just unbelievable uh, what you could see there. But as much as there is physical uh, tolls from evil, as Proverbs says, there's emotional tolls, aren't there? Uh, notice our text says, refreshment to your bones. Now, I don't believe he's talking about physical bones here. In fact, Psalm uh, chapter 6, verse 2 David says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. Now, how many, how many bones get troubled, right? It's not our, our physical bones, right? It's our minds and our emotions that get troubled. But when you're troubled on the inside, it can feel like your bones, can't it? It can feel like your insides. You're, you're just the very core of you is troubled. In Psalm 32, 1-3, David says this, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. You see it here, when David hid his sin, when he tried to ignore it, when he tried to justify it, tried to cover it up, tried to focus on other things, he still knew on the inside that he had sinned against the Lord. And it bothered him to the core. Right? There, there, there comes a time when, when, when our lives are just not right. We can try to laugh all day long and this and that and the other thing and focus on this and drown it out with this and everything else. But when the lights go off, and it's just us in the quietness. It starts to grate, doesn't it? Because something's not right in our hearts. David said it's like his bones were wasting away. I found an article in the Scientific American's uh, website entitled, here we go, The Scientific Underpinnings and Impacts of Shame. In it, author Annette Kammerer cites the work of June Tangney of George Mason University, who studied shame over many years. 
The article says that she, along with Rhonda Deering of the University of Houston, have found that shame proneness can also increase one's risk for other psychological problems. The link with depression, according to Kammerer, is particularly strong, and she points to one large-scale meta-analysis in which researchers examined 108 different studies involving more than 22,000 subjects that showed a clear connection between shame and depression, right? Shame, that little nag that's in there that causes other difficulties. Merriam-Webster defines shame as a painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety. David would call it an aching in your bones. Right? An aching in your bones. The well-known Mayo Clinic, where they make mayonnaise, on their website, they show a relationship between bitterness and holding a grudge and things like high blood pressure, um, immune, uh, non-health, I should say, heart disease, right? So what kind of problems have we seen through the years of things like greed and envy, jealousy and lust that have been brought issues into people's lives, families' lives, sometimes even communities and whole nations, right? You know, it's interesting. We've talked about this before. Why does God call anything sin? Because of its destructiveness, right? To human beings, those that He created in His image, those who He loves. Whatever causes us harm and destruction, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, God says, I don't like that. Why? Because He loves us so much, right? Yeah. So evil according to the Bible and human history, has a negative effect on both our physical health, our mental and emotional well-being. And turning from it, or in other words, uh, those who turn to things that the Bible calls good and right, right, Proverbs says are generally going to be healthier on the inside and out. I'm entitled the message this morning, Inside and Out. Inside and Out. So not only turning to those things that the Bible says are right and good will avoid the damage caused by the evil, right? But we will see positive effects on our health and well-being inside and out, physically and emotionally, from a life that honors God. Now, where, according to this passage, does much of evil behavior come from? Two things that it mentions. One, lack of the fear of the Lord. And two, being wise in one's own eyes. The fear of the Lord we've talked about before. We kind of started out uh, this series talking about that. It's the foundation for our relationship with God. And I made a point several weeks ago to say that fearing the Lord does not mean being afraid of Him. But you know what? That's not entirely true. I need to amend that statement. Because on the one hand, yes, God loves us. 
to the extent that Jesus came and gave himself, sacrificed himself on that cross, taking our sin so that we could be reconciled to God. Right? I mean, incredible, incredible love of God. Right? So if we come humbly and revere him as God, as the Almighty, all-knowing, all-wise, and sovereign over all that exists, if we come as sinners in need of that salvation, what, do we, what happens? We receive mercy and grace and blessings beyond measure, a relationship, a new relationship with God as our Heavenly Father and the provider of our needs. He is awesome, right? But what if we don't feel we need Him? What if we reject that salvation that He offers because we don't, we don't think we need it? God is also, He's not only a loving God, but He is a just God, right? Sin has got to be dealt with. We kind of talked about this before. If you had a judge, right? Let's say uh, somebody, you know, uh, goes off and, and injures one of your relatives, one of your loved ones, and puts them in the hospital, right? And the judge says, eh, I'm having a good day. Go free. What, what, what do we think? What's he doing? Right? This person is guilty. They need, they need to face the consequences of their actions. That judge is unjust. Justice is very important. God is a just God. Sin has to be dealt with. Otherwise, God is unjust. He said to Adam right in the very beginning, if you do this, you will surely die. Right? Sin causes death, spiritual death, separation from God. So if we don't accept Jesus' payment on behalf of our sins, we will pay for our sins ourselves. And that means the wrath of God on Judgment Day. The casting away from His presence to a place where Jesus said would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right? Jesus himself said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So we dare not say of God, I don't need to worry about him. He can't do anything to me. Right? No. We can't say, I'm the master of my own fate. We need to understand who He is and what He will do on that judgment day if we don't receive His offer of love and mercy. We need to have a healthy fear of that as human beings, don't we? And when we do, when we do, then we'll understand just how amazing grace is, won't we? We should never take God lightly or lose sight of just who it is that we are blessed to call Father. And when we see Him as God, so gracious and loving and wise, then even more than any parent or any professor or any coach or any blogger, we will also honor Him and trust His Word, won't we? 
trust his word as truth, trust his ways as right. Or at least we should, shouldn't we? And when we don't, Proverbs says it's because we're wise in our own eyes. What do they do when you, when you have a foul on the basketball court, right? Me, I did it. I have, thank you very much, I have been wise in my own eyes. I have been wise in my own eyes. Anybody else? Sometimes we think we know better than him, don't we? I can remember as a teenager thinking that my parents didn't have a clue. Anybody relate to that? Thought they were absolutely clueless about life. I think it was Mark Twain that said, when I was 17 years old, my father was an idiot. By the time I got to be 25, it was amazing how far he'd come. <laughs> Wise in our own eyes, right? Towards teachers, parents, other people, even God. I know what's best. I know the right thing to do in this situation. And we're stubborn. And nobody, nobody, not even God, is going to tell us any different. Think about that. Why do we get that way? How do we get that way, right? So closed-minded. Isn't it because we want what we want when we want it? Plain and simple. James chapter 1, verse 14 says this, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. That desire, I want what I want. Nobody's going to tell me any different. And when that's conceived, when that's acted on, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, we see the effects of it. It brings death, brings destruction into our lives, into relationships, into families, etc., 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 etc. How many have experienced that progression? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> All the hands would go up, right? Not death in the physical sense, but again, those loss of relationships, loss of opportunities, other negative consequences of our actions because we had to, we, we had to have what we wanted. We had to say what we wanted to say. We had to do what we wanted to do. And nobody was going to tell us any difference. Experience can be a very cruel teacher, can't it, at times? No wonder we who are parents and grandparents and mentors try to give the benefit of that experience to our children, to our grandchildren, right? To those that we have opportunity to speak in their lives. Don't do what I did. Been there, done that. Yeah, but I'm different. Anybody say that? Have that said to them? Uh, I remember counseling one person one time. Well, you think I should do this? I said, you know, more, more often than not, the majority of the time, that doesn't work out right. I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm not that person. I'm not that statistic. I'm different. And it turned out exactly, and it, it was a horrendous situation in their lives. Uh, 
We learn the hard way. Isn't that the heart of God, though, as well? Remember, years and years and years and years ago, um, as, I don't know, sometime during my devotional time in the morning with the Lord, I just got this sense the Lord was speaking to my heart and said, you know, what you don't learn from here, I might have to teach you by experience. Learn it here. Learn it here. I don't want to have to go through that stuff. Isn't that the heart of God? Isn't that why He warns us about sin? And calls us to follow Him? Because He wants us to have our best life, doesn't He? So He says to us here through the writer of Proverbs, don't do that. Turn from evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you have it figured out all the time. Don't close your mind to, to, to God, to His Word, uh, or even to other people that He might be giving you, speaking through, to tell you truth, to tell me truth. We should be like the Bereans in the book of Acts. It says that they checked out what Paul said against the Scriptures to find out if it was true, right? People give us all kinds of advice, right? So we check it out against the plumb line. Does it line up with this? Does it line up with what God says? And we're on pretty good ground, right? Being wise in our own eyes, what is that really? It's down to pride, doesn't it? Pride. What does the Bible say about pride? It comes before destruction, doesn't it? Why? Here's why. I'm, I'm, I'm going to think there's a lot of guys around here just like me. How many have ever had your wife or someone else say to you, don't do that, you're probably going to get hurt? Or shouldn't you turn the power off first? Are you sure you're going the right ways? Right? No elbows, ladies. No elbows. So what do we do when we hear that instinctively? Tell me what to do, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to prove to you that I got this right. It, just, it, doesn't, it doesn't shape us into listening and opening our minds and taking that advice. No, we hear that and we go, because you said that now, I kind of thought about turning the power off, but now... Mm -mm. I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to step on that step. I'm going to lean on that ladder. I'm going to do this just to show you that I'm a man. Right? You ladies do the same things, though, right? Don't you? You hear, you hear something, maybe from your husbands or, or some, and we just, we have to prove that we're right. Pride. Uh. Pride came before the fall of the angel named Lucifer, didn't it? Came before the fall of Adam and Eve. And a number of falls in my life. How about you? Right. So, who doesn't want a happier, healthier life? Physically, mentally, and emotionally. We all do, right? How do we get it? How do we get it? Proverbs says, here's how we do it. Number one, don't, don't be wise in your own eyes. Ron, don't be wise in your own eyes. Have a teachable spirit. Whether you're 9 or 90, 
We can all learn, can't we? We can all learn. There's things that we don't know. Experiences we haven't had. We can learn. If you're 90, you can learn from a nine-year-old. Husbands, you can learn from your wives. I'm sorry, but you can. And wives, you can learn from your husbands, right? Etc. Etc. Have a teachable spirit. I'll tell you, this is this is one of the biggest things that you look for in ministry. You know, who 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 do you trust? In a, in a place of ministry. Someone with a teachable spirit. When they have it all figured out, never listen to anybody. If, if they're not teachable by man, chances are they're not teachable by God. Right? Teachable. Teachable. Number two, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Put Him in His proper place. He is the Creator. He is God. I am not. Right? He's all wise. I am not. He has the answers. I don't. He has the strength. He is sovereign. I'm not. I, we, we, we need to elevate Him to that place in our lives where we, we strike that balance. I think we talked about this before. That balance between the awe of Almighty God falling down before Him, right? Because He is so... I mean, he, he, the Bible talks about Him living in unapproachable light. You, you know what I'm saying here? I mean, He is just so holy and so awesome and so powerful. If He showed Himself... What, what did He say to Moses? Remember when Moses said, show me your glory? And what did God do? He put him in that cleft of the rock. And he said, listen, I'm going to cover you with my hand until I pass by. And then you can see me from behind. And I'm going to declare my name to you. Because if I let you see my face, it's going to be too much for you. It's going to kill you. Right? We need to have the balance of that awe of God and my Father in heaven who loves me deeply more than I can ever understand. So much. Jesus came and died on that cross for me. And that grace from this almighty God to whom I'm worse than an amoeba under his finger, right? In, in comparison, why should he care? David, looking up at the stars, looking at the handiwork of God, looked up in the stars, he says, who is man? That you're even mindful of it. You would even give us a thought. You're the awesome creator, God. Look at all you made. Who, why, why would you even think about me? Right? Yeah. But he is also our Father in heaven. Loves us more than anybody ever could. So fear the Lord. Put him in that proper place. And number three, turn from evil. Turn away from those things that God tells us are not good for us. Of course, the big things, right? Quote, unquote. Stealing, killing, adultery, immorality. We all know those things, right? But also other things like gossip, angry outbursts, 
dishonesty, envy, greed, so on and so forth, right? Things that ultimately hurt us and hurt others. Trusting that the Lord will meet us in our times of temptation with the power of the Holy Spirit. And not just turning from things, we turn to things, right? Like love and faithfulness, kindness, self-control, humility, putting others first, right? Not retaliating in kind, but overcoming good or overcoming evil with good, the Bible says. Turning to those things that Jesus says, forgive as your Father in heaven forgave you. Again, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this, it is God who works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. I like that, of His good pleasure. I remember about a year ago, we went to a Red Wings game. Go Red Wings! Um, with our daughter and our son-in-law and our grandkids. And there was this young gal there that had, uh, you know, those long skinny balloons. She was making animals and handing them out to the kids for $3 or whatever they were. And uh, my, my, all my grandkids got one. And my, my youngest uh, grandson, Lawrence, um, is popped. No, no, no real surprise there. <laughs> you know, young boys. His popped, and of course, you know, she was done now, and he was just upset, he was crying, etc., etc. And my granddaughter, Clara, with no prompting of anyone else, she said, here, Lawrence, you can have mine. Much to my good pleasure. You know what I'm saying? She did this wonderful thing, and man, that brought me so much pleasure to see my granddaughter doing something like that, right? And I think that's what it means here. God works in us to do things of His good pleasure. Why? Because He knows that they're good for us, good for others, often having positive ripple effects that keep going on down the road, right? And He often adds His blessing to them as well when we do them. Like I slipped her some added money, you know. Go get yourself something nice. You know, that's a great thing you did. I'm really proud of you. God does that too, doesn't he? Yeah. So don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn from evil. It will be healing to your flesh. Healing to your flesh. Those kinds of good actions, right? All those positive endorphins and, and chemicals that, that our bodies produce, right? It's just going to be healthier for us in a lot of ways. Not only will we avoid the destructive stuff, right? But we'll get all that positivity, which is actually better for us physically and, of course, better for us mentally and emotionally. No shame, right? Confidence before God. The Bible talks about when we have that kind of confidence before God, we, we have confidence in our prayers, don't we? But if we're wrestling a little shame in here, I know I'm not doing what I... How, are we really confident about our prayers? No, right? So, better for us physically, mentally, 
emotionally, spiritually better for those around us, and it honors our God in heaven, our gracious, loving Creator. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank You for the wisdom that You give us. Your Word says You know our frame, that we are but dust. You know our temptations and our trials. And, and we appreciate so much that Jesus walked among us as a human being. And, and because of that, Hebrews says he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. You, you, you know us. You know what we go through. You know our temptations, our weaknesses, our faults. But because of that, your word says that you're able to help us in our times of need. So Lord, help us. The next time that we, we, we say, I, I, nobody can tell me anything, help us to have an open mind, to listen to what you might be saying to us, even through someone else. Help us, Lord, to turn from those things that we know, deep down, aren't good for us or anybody else, and turn to those things that bring you pleasure because you know that they will ultimately bring blessing into our lives. We just give you the praise and the honor, Lord, for your word, your presence, your love for us. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I don't want to let the service go without reminding us that Jesus did come and he did die for us that we could have such a relationship with God. Not a religion, not a, not a bunch of rules, but a relationship with someone who lives inside us and guides us in His way so that we can be blessed and so that we can ultimately share eternity with Him. If you've never opened your heart to Him, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open that door, I will come in. I will come in. You hear Him knocking. You want to have that kind of relationship with God. Whether here today, watching, listening online. If that's you, just say, okay, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. I open that door of my heart to you. I ask you to come in. I know I'm not worthy. I know I've sinned like everybody else. But I bring that to you because I know now that you died taking that sin on yourself. Dying for me so that I could be cleansed. So that I could be made right with you. Here I am, Lord. I want it. I want it all. Show me what it is to know you and to walk with you. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer here or online, get a hold of me. Uh, love to put a Bible in your hand and uh, answer questions and just welcome you into the greatest family on the face of the earth. Can I get a witness? Amen? Amen.